Hi, this is Roy's Rocket Radio, episode 195, recorded on Monday, the 13th of November 2017, and the time at the beginning of the show is 11.28 and 1 second. Hi. Again, I have missed a week. And I will get into a couple of the <laughs> excuses, as usual, before we get on with the show. But there is going to be another slight delay to the show, although you will not notice. Because I'm just going to put this thing on pause and continue in a few hours after I've had a little sleep. You see, I think I have some kind of stomach upset, and it isn't a surprise after the day I've had. But more on that later. For now, just bear with me, and I'll come back to you in a few hours. And you're going to hear a tone now, and then after that I'll be back. So sorry about the extra delay, but it will be of minimum impact to you. So bye for now. And I'm back. Had a really nice sleep. Feel a lot better now. And... Man, it's been a trying day, or at least yesterday was. Part of the reason for yesterday's trial was car trouble. But the other thing was that I tried to engage the listeners, as is recommended by half a dozen blog posts about podcasting and advice and what have you. But no one seems to give a flying bat. I tried both Twitter and Facebook, but yeah, no bat. Which is another reason I left the podcast for so long last night. I was hoping that I would have some questions to talk about from listeners, but no luck. In fact, I waited so long, by the time I was ready to do the podcast, I was really tired and not feeling that well. But the podcast is still here, though, hanging on by its dirty, ragged, zombie fingernails. Particularly appropriate because The Walking Dead is heating up, but we are not talking about that tonight. But we will talk about it soon enough. Now, I mentioned car trouble. Yeah, my car, the Millennium Falcon, wouldn't start yesterday. I don't know what it was. But it turned out to be something as mundane as a dead battery. Which, on the surface of things, sounds like something a normal, mortal, non-mechanically inclined human being might be able to handle by themselves. But it wasn't. The battery was buried under the air filter, and just to get to the terminals was a nightmare, and I almost stripped a nut trying to remove one of the terminals. My fingers were completely covered in muck, and sore, and eventually I just gave up. Anyway, I wasn't really sure it was the battery, 
and not sure what to do, I took the easy way out and I rang the RAC, took one of those instant memberships and one of the extra special one-off call-out charges for non-members. Yeah, you can imagine. And then ended up having to buy a battery and pay for the labour for fitting it. Not great. Yesterday was not a great day. What was particularly ironic is that I am almost the anti-survivalist in that I'm not really prepared for very much at home. Part of the reason for that is I work from home, which means that if I buy too much food, I'll just never go out. So there's very little stuff in the house. And yesterday in the afternoon, I decided to go out for a sandwich. Two hours later, I'm still in the car, waiting to go out for a sandwich, trying to work out why the car isn't working. So yeah, wasn't too happy about yesterday. If you are the type of listener, if you actually exist, who downloads or reads the show notes, you may notice a little change to the format of the show notes. It's now broadly divided into geek life, which is just mainly my personal news. Then there's pop culture, which is self-explanatory, it's all that entertainment, geekly stuff that we all love. Then there's technology, and then there's the creative section. And as it applies to me at the moment, that is mainly to do with writing. It really isn't that much of a change, but it makes it simpler for me to write the notes in that I don't have 2,000 different subheadings. It's just easier having these big, broad sections. I did think maybe doing it this way might help my SEO from Google doing some kind of bot search through my text files, but I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. Next, in the Geek Live section, yeah, we're still there, we're still talking about me, dating! And the Celebrity Selfie Icebreaker, yes. What a long title. No, the apps didn't work, remember? Last week? On the Halloween unedited show, I mentioned that the dating apps that I'm using, quite a lot of dating apps, none of them have helped me in the very least, and they are completely useless. Totally. They didn't work. At all. Which made for a fairly (laughs) miserable Halloween update. Well, look, I bumped into a rather attractive someone who I tried to engage in normal RL, real life, human conversation. And that's saying quite a lot because... If you know me, you'll know that I'm extremely shy, and this is really hard for me. So I used my Warwick Davis celebrity selfie to impress that someone who almost certainly doesn't know who Warwick Davis is, and they did that polite, 
oh yes, of totally fake recognition. Though I do appreciate the effort that was made to look impressed. So I do give her 10 out of 10 for not completely shooting me down in flames. And I have finally found a use for celebrity selfies. They're great icebreakers. When I say finally found a use for celebrity selfies, what I mean is I'm not really that much of a celebrity follower, despite the fact that this whole podcast is about geek stuff and being a geek. While I like the things that actors and actresses and directors are in, I don't really give two hoots about their personal life. The reason I took this selfie is because someone else was there with their children taking selfies and I had just walked out of my first haircut in God knows how long and I thought I'd better make full use of this haircut. But there you are. I do have a reason for my selfie now and maybe I should stop saying the word selfie and stop talking about this tiny, tiny little celebrity encounter that I have mentioned in about 20 podcasts now. Let's just go on to the next thing. RSI and Big Needles. Another reason that I was late, not to do with a car, not to do with my dodgy tummy or being tired, is because thanks to writing and podcasting, yes, Listeners, you need to understand that it does take a toll out of my body. And I have been doing too much of it in a variety of non-ergonomic positions. I have pretty bad RSI. The only thing that seems to work is not sitting at my badly adjusted desk and hence... My drop-off in both podcasting and writing productivity. One thing that does help, but it's more of a stopgap solution, and that is an injection via a big needle of... And excuse me while I mess this long pharmaceutical name up. Try... Am I no lone acetonide? Ha! Huh. Which is a corticosteroid with a trade name of Canalog, and they injected this into my right shoulder joint, or rather, consultant did. He did a really good job too, didn't hit anything vital or painful. And my right shoulder is the worst affected area. I still have twinges in other places, like my other shoulder, great, and my neck, and my lumbar region, and my thumbs, by the pricking of my thumbs. But the consultant told me that rest and changing positions are the only thing that will help. He also said that my heavy labour in the garden, which I did some of, yesterday, somewhat energised by the corticosteroids whizzing around in my blood, I'm guessing, unless that's a placebo effect. But yeah, heavy labour isn't the problem. 
sitting at a desk for hours on end, editing audio and writing is. I'm not really sure what the solution to that is. I'll get back to you. But, like I said, the proof that the stuff is working is that my right shoulder is now flexible. And I've been in the garden. And despite being in the garden, I felt absolutely fine yesterday, absolutely fine today, no aches and pains. Which is more than I can say about how I felt typing out all these notes. You see, the pain of being an artist. <laughs> Pop culture. Thor Ragnarok 2017. Yes, I caved and went to see it because I had nothing better to do and I needed cheering up. And it did the job. It is a very funny movie. The latest of the Thor movies with Chris Hemsworth. It's just not very dramatic. And, more importantly, there isn't nearly enough of Kate Blanchett's Hella, the gothy queen of the dead. <laughs> She's an evil supervillain. But, you know, she wears black, looks a bit gothy, is tall. You can see why I like her. It was enjoyable, but for me, it was also instantly forgettable. Rather like Guardians of the Galaxy. And, of course, need I complain about the cost of cinema tickets again? Look, I live in a home county. And I've written in my show notes, explain to foreigners, Roy. Right, London and Greater London is a big splotch around London. And around that splodge, outside a ring road called the M25, the road to hell, are the home counties. These are the equivalents, if you're in Canada, I suppose, of provinces, although the UK is much smaller, so provinces really doesn't make any sense. But they're blodges of separate administrative areas around London. And they are generally a little cheaper to live in than the London area. Or rather, a lot cheaper places to live in. The point being that being in one of these outlying areas means a lot less choice of cheaper and second-run cinemas than you would have if you lived in London. Then there's a price of actually getting to London if you decide to go into London to see a movie. It is expensive to go on the train. Surely, the solution to all my movie problems is just to move to London. <laughs> right, okay. No one except people who have already lived there for years, or oligarch-level rich people, and perhaps the homeless or those in very poor accommodation, or those in council housing, where the rent is controlled, can afford to live there. So that's not really going to happen. All I'm really asking for is a lousy, cheap local cinema 
that can show films cheaper at the second run. For God's sake. But yeah, for Ragnarok. Good. Funny. Nothing spectacular. Next, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets 2017. In this, Valerian and Loreline are intergalactic law enforcement agents. Sort of space people from Uncle. <laughs> Do you remember the men from Uncle? Who originated in the Valerian and Loreline French science fiction comic strip by a writer called Pierre Christine and an artist, Jean-Claude Merziers. Published from 1967 in a comic book called Pilote. Which all sounds really promising, and I really do like French comic books. There is something very, very unique about them, and it's the reason that I like heavy metal, or in its original form, Metal Hula. But this movie, oh, and I also like Luc Besson as well, but this movie is total pants. And I feel really let down by Luc Besson. I only managed the first 20 minutes. I want to blame the acting, which was pretty bad, but the main Problem, the undoubted culprit was the script. It is boring and clunky and absolutely impossible to make sound good no matter how well one can act. And I've been thinking about this. Maybe it's because the person who wrote it, Luc Besson, of course. I don't know why I'm being coy probably with a lot of help, wrote it with a French ear, and maybe this would have sounded better in French, but thinking about it, it would still be rubbish in French. Oh, yeah, not good. The only good thing I can say about it is that, although it in itself isn't good, it looks really nice. It looks beautiful, in fact. My advice is wait for an opportunity to watch this when you are completely out of your head and then watch it with a sound off and don't even bother with the subtitles. Just sit back and luxuriate in the beautiful visuals. And that was Valerian and... The City of a Thousand Planets, 2017. Next, Berlin Station, from 2016, now on its second season this year. This is a TV show from Epix, who? No idea. E-P-I-X, about contemporary and very, very dishonest, crooked CIA spies in Berlin. I enjoyed the first season because we really get into the mindset of what it takes to be a spy and the conflict 
and hypocrisy inherent in the job, which they never really do in a lot of movies. My favourite is, of course, the Ipcress file with Michael Caine, where the super spy is actually a crook. But this is covered quite well here. Like I said at the top of this section, this is currently in the second season. I would actually skip the second season, which seems to be a bit weak, and just watch the first and then leave it at that. Next, we jump from the big screen, then the small screen, to... Literature. Yes, I'm actually reading again. Doctor Who. Time Trips, 2015. Now, I've said in the notes this morning, but since I wrote the notes yesterday, that would have been the morning before, I finished reading The Death Pit by A.L. Kennedy, which is one of the short stories in this anthology. It was enjoyable enough, but the subject of this book really is not a critique of the story, rather the fact that for the first time in four years, I have committed to reading something from start to finish. Now, I know it was only a short story, but I finished it, which is weird for me, because if you listen to this podcast, you'll know that for the last few years, I have been writing, and perhaps because of that, I have found that my own imagination seems more entertaining, at least to me, and this isn't an ego thing, than most of the available literature that is around. Another thing that I noticed when I started writing is that I have become a constant editor and have noticed many grammatical errors in traditionally and reputably published books, including, actually, this book, which is a BBC book, and BBC books are now run by Penguin, and there are quite a few distracting errors which do detract slightly from my enjoyment, which is another of the reasons that I have been reading less over the past few years, because when you write, you become an editor, and you become a bit fussy and critical of other people's writing. But I am back and reading, and seem to have struck a balance of tolerance for writing that isn't brilliant, and thank goodness that I'm starting to find reading fun again. (sighs) Because for a long time I wondered if it would ever happen again. And given the fact that I was a very, very heavy reader before I started writing as a job, Maybe all I needed was a break, although this was a frighteningly long break. Oh, and one last thing regarding reading. I didn't read an ebook, I read a physical book. Given my RSI that I've been talking about a lot lately, I'd just like to give a huge thumbs up, slightly sore thumb for real physical books, which are utterly painless bliss to read, 
and are also just so easy on the eyes. It all sounds a little fuddy-duddy as if I am a bit of a Luddite, but really I'm not. I think ebooks are great and they do give you the opportunity to read a lot more books than you would otherwise have access to. But I am really enjoying just the feel of paper. It's a weird physical thing. Okay, next. Technology! Yeah, let's move on to the technology section. Guess what? I finally caved and bought a bass guitar amplifier. I bought a very cheap one though. A Behringer BT-108 Ultra Bass. It gets fairly good reviews if you manage to get a good one. So I finally bit the bullet and bought one on Amazon. I do have an amplifier, but it's a tiny little guitar amplifier, the Orange Crush CR3, which was bearable, but not the highest quality and a bit boxy sounding. And I need a better one than I can actually use with a bass, although you can use a guitar amp with a bass, it isn't ideal because you don't get all the low notes. So I bought this Behringer and fingers crossed it won't be terrible. Incidentally, I have tried exactly the same amplifier owned by a friend and it does seem to sound okay with bass, ukulele, guitar and auxiliary inputs, all of which I would use. I just hope that Amazon send me one with the correct UK plug, exactly like they didn't do with my Yamaha mixer. Oh, and Amazon click and collect at Doddle. For the first time, I am collecting from Doddle, so we'll have to see how pain-free that is. It's certainly better than waiting for a home delivery, but I'll get onto that later eBay click and collect at Argos. Recently I bought a PC on eBay. I'll talk about it in a second. I chose the option to collect from Argos and you know what? Nothing went wrong. It was absolute bliss. No waiting around for a delivery person who never arrives when they should. Amazon lockers. I've talked about this before and they are by far my preferred method of collection. You know what else occurs to me? The fact that there seems to be no universal locker system servicing all online retailers tells me that this is an opportunity ripe for disruption. So if you are listening and you're a tech head, think about that. Remember, I was saying that my car broke down? The thing is, when your car's buggered, this is a prime case for home deliveries. So in this one small instance, home deliveries aren't always a bad thing, but generally I prefer collecting, because who these days has the time to wait around for hours and hours for a delivery man? for a cable that costs £10 of Amazon, but has made you lose a day's salary. Or let's be honest, if you are at work and you're waiting for an Amazon delivery and there's no one at home, what do you really do? Let's be honest, you guys take a sickie. (laughs) 
Okay. Now, that PC that I ordered from eBay was an HP Thin Client T5540. I won't bore you with the entire specs right now because we'll talk about that in another show, but the reason I bought this particular client is that I want to create a proper MS-DOS PC in hardware rather than emulated because I have had it up to here with DOSBox. Yeah, it is a great program and I do recommend you using it, but it isn't the genuine thing. Now, why did I choose this machine? Largely because it was very cheap, very cheap. It was £15, but also because it has a VIA C3 CPU, which is underclockable with a number of apps, including one called Setmol. But again, before this gets needlessly techy, I'll cut short the chatter and give you a proper hardcore retro computing rundown on how I did it in a future podcast. Another thing, thanks to Uncle Mick, who until this point has not for years said more than two words to me, until my Facebook post about needing some floppy disks, at which point he actually sent me a box of old floppies. Amazing! My last meaningful interaction with Uncle Mick was years and years ago when he told me that his appendectomy scar was actually the result of having been jabbed in the guts with a spear. I didn't believe it, not even back then. But the point is, look at this! Bonding with family due to retro computing. Anyway, it was a nice, if somewhat surreal, experience to find the box turning up in the mail. Like a mini phantom toll booth. No, I'm not going to explain that reference. You're just going to have to Google it. Google Phantom Toll Booth. Great book, by the way. And on to the creative section. The final edit of the final, final, final draft of the Horus Box is complete. The final draft 2, or the final, final, final draft of the Horus Box has been thoroughly re-edited and checked and is undergoing a final, 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 final reread before submission. Thank you so very, very much, my unpaid editor. She started as a beta reader, then a proofreader, and is now a really good line editor who also does a bit of structural editing too. The thing is, she is thorough and critical and doesn't just say, oh, that's wonderful, which is exactly what you don't need with an editor. I still do the preliminary proofreading and major structural edits myself. Structural edits? What are those? Those edits just make the story better, like rewriting sections, deleting big chunks, reordering paragraphs, removing characters, expanding characters, changing the plot, continuity. Basically, all those big thematic things. So I'm nearing submission again. Wish me luck. Got my fingers crossed. 
for publication this time, or at least to find a literary agent who enjoys reading good fiction. Yeah, I'm stroking my own ego, but if I don't, who will? NaNoWriMo's! Now, despite what I said in the last section, I caution NaNoWriMo's not to edit. Good luck if you are doing NaNoWriMo, the National Novel Writing Month of November. Just get your writing done, don't worry about editing. And disregard all that stuff that I said previously about editing, and just write every single day until you hit your deadline. Oh, wow. Maybe I should have gone a bit slower in that podcast, but I had a lot to go through. And that is it for today. How to find me? You can find my business website. It is RoyMartha.com. That is R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R.com. It is an unencrypted website, so it's not an HTTPS website. Don't worry about it. It is safe. My blog is RoyMartha, R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R.wordpress.com. I do blog sometimes on there. And it is the best place to subscribe to my podcast. Although I can be found everywhere. Just Google me. Google Roy Martha. I'm all over the web, embarrassingly. I'm also on Twitter, at Roy Martha. Though I'm rapidly running out of love with Twitter. Despite the new and generous character limit, I get very, very little engagement on Twitter or Facebook. So I'm starting to think, what is the point? And on that note of extreme positivity, if you like the show, please tell a friend about the show. Please also review the show in iTunes. I cannot emphasize how important that is. If you have an iPhone or an iOS device of any kind, an iPad maybe, or you're even listening on your laptop and you have iTunes, please leave a review. Anyway, if you do that, you will get a gold star. This was Roy's Rocket Radio, episode 195, recorded from Monday the 13th, of November 2017 to Tuesday the 14th of November 2017 and the time at the end of the show is 47 minutes past noon and 4 seconds precisely thanks for listening and bye for now bye <laughs>